This week in the parish of Bourses and Market Structure, LSEG buys May Street, FTX to trade US stocks, all change in Hanoi, and there's a certain irony. NSE India is the hottest stock, albeit only available to trade via the OTC market. My name is Patrick L. Young. Welcome to the Bourse Business Weekly Digest. It's the Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast, episode 145. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. This is a very brief reduction of highlights amongst the key headlines from the week in market structure. All the analysis of the many events of the past seven days can be found in Exchange Invest's daily subscriber newsletter, the unique guide to the bourse business sent daily to your inbox. More details at exchangeinvest.com. National Stock Exchange of India shares are seeing hectic trading. Apparently, tax evaders are having a field day at the same time, according to other missives in India of late. The heavy trading in NSE is, of course, quite fascinating for the simple reason that, with lot sizes now as small as 500 shares, previously it was 10,000, that's encouraged a lot of dealing and a lot of dealing amongst retail investors. Of course, the irony there is... The National Stock Exchange is still trading on the -the over-the-counter market privately due to SEBI reluctance to sanction an IPO for over a decade and more. Meanwhile, the holy hoax Colo fiasco festers on with more than 10 locations raided last week by the fraud busters of the CBI. And Chitraram Krishna, the former NSE CEO, is under duress. She's received a reminder. Now she has to pay 3.12 billion Indian rupees, that's $400,000, including interest and fees since the first demand went unpaid in February. Presumably Wi-Fi is poor in her cell to access internet banking. Over in Russia, they are lifting their short selling ban from June the 1st. Well, there's an interesting article in Wired UK this week discussing how tired old offices can be recycled thanks to urban mining. That's a fine art which helped some builders recycle much of ICAP's one Broadgate offices in the former Liverpool Street shunting yards on the edge of the city of London. In Warsaw, we'll be hearing more about the Warsaw Stock Exchange as this bulletin continues, but GPW, they've partnered with MDAC to pilot multi-currency quoting for Polish securities. I always thought multi-currency trading of stock was a no-brainer at the exchange level, and I've been saying so for the past 20 years, but adoption has taken a while longer. At least the good news is GPW, the Warsaw Stock Exchange, are amongst those in the forefront. Little spot of Brexit news this week. Uh, The European Union's finance watchdog, ESMA, they're calling for a workable balance in the derivatives Brexit battle. That's yet more CCP Jojo, as there is a degree of rationalisation emerging that ESMA and the EU's protectionist madness has actually done more harm than good for the protectionist bloc so far in driving business out of the European Union rather than into it. 
It was a busy week for results in the parish. All the deals were in Exchange Invest Daily, the newsletter no person can afford to be without in capital markets and market structure. For the sake of this podcast, let's look at some edited highlights. Your next saw revenues rising 58.8%. Of course, it was the exciting news of the first integration there, essentially, of numbers from Borsa Italiana, which they bought at a remarkably reasonable price last year. While at the same time, we had results which showed the Warsaw Stock Exchange itself was essentially fairly flat, and Colombia came in with profits up 44%, and indeed EBITDA was up 50% at the Tel Aviv Stock Exchange this first quarter of 2022. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly. We welcome your feedback. You can contact me directly, patrick at derivativesvision.com with any comments. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show, we would welcome you giving us a thumbs up. Or if you have time, a positive review will always be welcome wherever you find this podcast. That said, the after-tax profit of the Budapest Stock Exchange for the year 2021 beats them all. Profits rising five-fold during the 2021 year. There's only one daily news source for the business of bourses, Exchange Invest, the exchange of information. Exchange Invest publishes the daily digest of everything in the market structure industry around the world in a user-friendly email briefing format from Monday to Friday. With additional pith by former Exchange CEO and long-standing fintech pioneer Patrick L. Young, yes, that's me, Exchange Invest is the unique one-stop shop for the daily news in markets, market operators, and related functions. Exchange Invest is available to subscribers at $200 per user per year or currency equivalent. You can get more details at exchangeinvest.com or email me, patrick at derivativesvision.com. New market news this week. The Ethiopian Securities Exchange's creation is moving a step closer. Ethiopia's Ministry of Finance, the Ethiopian Investment Holdings Corporation and FSD Africa have signed a cooperation agreement to establish the ESX. In the USA, Aegis, their swap execution facility, they're nearing final approval from the CFTC. Now, somebody thought there weren't enough I hadn't really reckoned on there being more, albeit Aegis is in not quite the pure interest rate swap CEF space per se. It's a commodity cum environmental platform. Deals this week, very busy week. LSEG, they're buying more data assets. They're acquiring May Street, adding a little bit of high-frequency trading vigor to their refinitive assets. Valerium, of which yours truly happens to be a director, they've announced that they're advancing their Gibraltar Stock Exchange acquisition and awaiting the permission from the regulators, the Gibraltar Financial Services Commission. Warsaw Stock Exchange, them again, they've acquired, finally, after several years of negotiation through COVID, the Armenian Securities Exchange, buying 65.03% for circa 1.8 million US dollars. The real politic probably makes more sense here than the deal. There's no real business rationale for GPW buying something that is a fraction, a microcosm of their existing Warsaw business. However, methinks the Armenian government, which had quietly bought out Nasdaq OMX a few years back, are playing politics given the huge losses they incurred in Nagorno-Karabakh during the 
Lightning 2020 war where the Turkish-backed Azerbaijan made good use of the Baikaraktar drones that are now integrally useful to Ukraine's defence against Russia. In decimating Armenian forces in what has become colloquially termed the 44-day war, perhaps an Armenian stock exchange being sold by the government of Armenia to the Warsaw Stock Exchange, which is controlled by the Polish government, makes complete sense through that lens. Certainly regional hub talk is a tad premature with the acquisition of just one micromarket in Armenia to Warsaw's Polish monopoly, but at least the deal is done, finally. One final piece of deal news this week, Thailand Stock Exchange. They are one of the backers in round B of ADDX, the Singapore-based private market, which has raised some $58 million in pre-series B. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, there's still time to buy a copy of my latest book, Victory or Death, Blockchain Cryptocurrency in the Fintech World. If you're trying to understand what can kill your career, then you need to appreciate that it's a victory or death world of risk and opportunity to understand how technology is affecting life and markets. This is the book for you. Victory or Death is published by DV Books and is distributed by Ingram Worldwide. Don't forget, while you're waiting for your copy of that tome to appear, you can always check out our live stream, IPO-Vid. It's on at Tuesday, 6pm London, that's 1pm New York time. And of course, you can catch all of the back issues via YouTube. Search for IPO-Vid. This week, we had another exciting discussion about the world of data, building on Jonathan Block's appearance just the week before. We were discussing delivering SaaS software as a service through TT with the Chief Executive of Trading Technologies, Keith Todd. Coming up this Tuesday, Bourses as Businesses, Good or Bad, and our special guest is going to be the former CEO of the Berlin Börse, Arthur Fischer. One spot of news from slightly across the other side of Germany this week, as it applies to Cumex. German prosecutors are intensifying their Cumex probe in and around Deutsche Börse itself. That's a rather worrying extension to the parish from the Cumex fiasco, which has remained actually remarkably muted in overall media impact given the extent of this willful fraud. How the investigation may impact DB1 ultimately clearly remains to be seen. In Cryptoland this week, Coinbase, they're slowing down their hiring amid the crypto market downturn and, of course, the vast losses in their stock. At the same time, we hear news that Binance are apparently actively applying for licenses in Germany just shortly after receiving their license in Paris. FTX, they've been quietly shopping around for brokerage startups amidst their move into stock trading. And Bitbank, a crypto asset exchange operator in Japan, has signed a memorandum of understanding with Sumitomo Mitsui Trust Holdings to establish a trust company specializing in digital assets. Product news this week. Vietnamese officials are backing a new partnership to tokenize genomic profiles. I wonder will that include the genomic 
profiles of those who've been accused of fraud within Vietnam. But more on that in a moment. Stay tuned. Russia is likely to legalize cryptocurrency for payment sooner or later, according to one of the ministers there, despite the central bank having a few months ago proposed a ban. And an epic watershed moment, perhaps, in the world of Eurodollars. LIBOR's successor has overtaken the original classic IBOR Eurodollar futures in trading volume on the CME. Volume in three-month SOFR futures reached 1.34 million contracts on CME, 15% higher than Eurodollar futures volume at 1.16 million contracts. Raw volume statistics are not usually the thing that exchange investor this podcast maxes on, but it's an interesting statistic denoting the transition, an epic transition in the interest rate benchmark space. Hong Kong new listings, their volume have sunk to a new nine-year low. That's on the China slowdown, of which we'll have some statistics in a moment. While, as I trailed just a few seconds ago, FTX US, they're launching stock trading backed by the denomination in stable coins. Not quite the range of currencies as MDAC, but nonetheless, the opportunity to pay with your preferred stable coin for a series of US stocks. It's an interesting move, of course, and indeed it mirrors the pre-existing plan awaiting Gibraltar Financial Services' permission for the acquisition of the Gibraltar Stock Exchange by Valerian PLC. Elsewhere, Dubai Financial Markets, they're going to be launching trading of new crude oil contracts in June. It's the first outcome of collaboration between DFM, the Dubai Financial Markets, and DME, the Dubai Mercantile Exchange. While over in New York, a long-running saga, even though it seems as if there might yet be some degree of resolution over the audit requirements for Chinese stocks listing in the USA, nonetheless, it didn't come soon enough for Diddy Shushing. Diddy's shareholders have voted to delist from the New York Stock Exchange in the wake of China's tech crackdown. Regulation news this week. Gary Gensler is seeking a budget pump for the SEC. He's citing crypto trader targets. Then again, having to date produced a lot of hype, but very little in results. It would be tough to justify an SEC budget hike, methinks, given the broad-based ineptitude of the adult Brezhnev regime with its chronic addiction to spending. Of course, all bets are off that Gary Gensler won't manage to carry off an enormous rise in due course, results or no results. Nonetheless, one result that was very worrying for the SEC, according to an appeals court, the in-house judges of the SEC's own commission panels violate the right to a jury trial. That prompted the headline in Bloomberg, is the SEC unconstitutional? And clearly, this could be a fissure that has potentially seismic impact. Last spot in regulatory news this week, Panama's president, he's refusing to jump behind El Salvador's, who, of course, as we know, is doubling, if not tripling down on his Bitcoin as a currency move right now. Anyway, the Panamanian president, he's refusing to sign a current crypto law. And the reason for that is he wants to see tougher anti-money laundering controls. Bravo, I say. We're all for good anti-money laundering and know your client in the world of modern markets. Careers news this week, and we reach Vietnam. Vietnam has seen the ruling Communist Party government sacking not merely the head of the regulatory body, the chairman of the State Securities Commission, Tran Van Dung, but they also managed to sack at the same time Lee Hai Tra, who was 
the chief executive of the Ho Chi Minh Stock Exchange. Both of them apparently under investigation for some form of corruption. Deputy CEO Tran An Dao, congratulations to her. She's been appointed as the new CEO of the Ho Chi Minh Stock Exchange. Another appointment in Sri Lanka this time. They've got a new stock exchange chairman, Dilshan Wirasekara, who's a director and chief executive officer of First Capital Holdings. He's been appointed chairman of the Colombo Stock Exchange from June the 24th, taking over from Dumith Fernando, who served his four-year term. The BitMEX co-founder and ex-CEO Arthur Hayes, his sentencing was this week. He managed to get away with just six months' detention by house arrest after breaching the Bank Secrecy Act. Frankly, strikes me as a lucky escape. The US, one would have thought, has missed an open goal to truly punish those who dealt without licensing in the exchange market. But then again, many of those selfsame people who escaped even the fate of the hapless Arthur Hayes are indeed nowadays to be found in the night of Washington DC lobbying almost daily. And in Big World this week, well, news from Atlanta. The Alliance Theatre, they had a world premiere of a musical adaption of a very famous movie centred around the floors of the New York Exchange's trading places. Big swap there, they're putting women in charge in the roles. In other words, Duke and Duke has morphed into Duchess and Duchess for the musical stage version of Trading Places. And indeed, we have a quick update, as I said earlier, on that Shanghai lockdown, which is now being eased. During the month of April, car dealers in the Chinese megacity reported total gross sales of zero. Yep, that is zero new automobiles were sold in the megacity of Shanghai during the entire lockdown month of April 2022. And on that mysterious and magnificent note, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Patrick L. Young, creator of Exchanges the World Over, advisor to bourses and publisher of Exchange Invest, the water cooler of the bourse business, brought daily to your inbox. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with the Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast, episode 146. Have a great week in life, blockchain and markets. This show relates to the business of bourses. It is not to be construed as investment advice, nor are we making any investment recommendations. Please consult an investment advisor before you make any investments, and for goodness sake, do your due diligence and do not make investments without complying with the regulations in your home state. Exchange Invest cannot be held responsible for any investment decisions made as a result of our program, which is for entertainment purposes only. The material herein is copyright Patrick L. Young at the date of publication, while our music and sound effects are sourced from copyright-free sources. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly, the exchange of information.